0: Hello friends and family and all the new and and returning listeners, thank you so much for using your time to listen to This Is Fine, a mental health-based podcast that is as much about topics ranging from trauma to self-improvement as it is about tangents. Lately, there has been an arrangement of words that's been walking across the vast expanse of my consciousness. Always seeming to be at the forefront, while simultaneously watching from the shadows. It's best described as a white wolf, at the edge of a snowy forest. A wolf you can't quite see except when it wants you to. Its sharp blue eyes, filled with a knowing that pierces my soul. Every time it turns its head gracefully, it meets my gaze and gently slices my soul. And out emerges an urgency mixed with guilt and a touch of nostalgia. The urgency and guilt is that looming cloud of, of self-judgment as your potential goes to waste while you waste your time on anything but your potential. The sprinkling of nostalgia, the memory of, of the childlike times, When you discovered you had a knack, you you had a talent for something, and you'd practice it relentlessly, like a prophecy of who you could become. Yes, dear listeners, I know that that's a little somber way to introduce today's topic, but I promise there's a point to all of this. I'm going to read to you, in a moment, the uh, line that inspired today's episode. I kind of feel it my duty because it has done so much for me just in the past week or two that I feel it might mean something to someone in their time of of need or, or confusion. Now, this gathering of words come from Seneca, who was a Roman Stoic trained in rhetoric and philosophy. What I particularly love about the Stoics is their ability to make observations about the human condition that have a level of objectivity about their personal life experiences. It's as if they see themselves clearly reflected in the behaviors of others. And through those behaviors, they learn something about themselves and then act on them and then change it. Now, the, the observation of Seneca reads as follows. Hold fast, then, to the sound and wholesome rule of life, that you indulge the body only as far as is needful for good health. The body should be treated more rigorously, that it may not be disobedient to the mind. That last sentence, though though the whole um, quote, has depth and meaning, what struck me specifically was the last sentence. The body should be treated more rigorously, that it may not be disobedient with the mind. Now, I don't know about you, but the immediate thought, the the immediate image that sprung up for me is the movement of the body, of, of my body. I think when we hear that sentence, the body should be treated more rigorously, that it may not be disobedient to the mind, conjures up Whatever insecurity you've been neglecting, you've been hiding from. If, for instance, someone has a proclivity with sugary treats, maybe that's what comes up for them. So when you hear the body should be treated more rigorously, that it may not be disobedient to the mind, what is the first thing that comes up in your head? Note to yourself. Where do you feel it resonating? Where in the body do you feel it? Do you feel a sensation in your stomach, in your heart area of your chest, your face, perhaps your ears, or in the breath that escapes your lungs in a sigh? I know for me it, it was definitely, or still is actually, definitely in my stomach, my solar plexus, my, my breath, the front part of my body, the part of my body I show to the world. I think about what a privilege it is to have an able body to to have both the resources and the ability to exercise and to be able to use words in an eloquent manner. So exercising and writing used to be separate, but now they've become one. Because writing is an exercise, and working out and food choices has become a way for me to write the chapters of my body, of my life. It is indeed true that the Stoics were avid sports practitioners. You know, and... Learning more about the Stoics, I'm actually starting to understand wrestling and MMA fighting more. Where, for me, it never I never had any interest in that kind of sports. Um, I used to just jokingly view them as a straight man's excuse for the physical affection of another man. Um, but Seneca is believed to have been a wrestler himself. He was born in the year 4 BC and he realized a truth about life, about the human mind, the human condition, that has stood solid and true for 5,520 years. This notion of being rigorous with the body is of a deep understanding that your way to focus, to achieve whatever it is you have decided you want to do with your time, must be done through the symbiotic functioning of your body and your mind. If your mind wants something, but your body cannot do it or is not trained to do it the way that you need it to and want it to, when the discipline is not programmed into your body, then you lose motivation or motivation does not stick around for very long. See, I am not merely talking just about exercise, my dear listeners, it's just that it is a vehicle to deliver the message. What impels me to try and compel you is that this is a perspective and a practice that in just two weeks has done so much for my resolve to achieve all that I know of my capabilities. I wish to share that with as many people who need it and especially to those who do not know that they need it. Now, before my obsession with self-improvement morphs into a preacher, let me just say that in order for you to understand what Seneca means on a deeper level, you must have full knowledge and understanding of whatever goal it is you have chosen for yourself. By goal I do not necessarily mean those trivial achievements that bring with it the approval or envy of peers and eyes at the other side of a smartphone screen. I would venture to say Decide on something, do a little research on how this can be achieved, and do it. Plan a course of action, and try without telling anyone. When you really want this goal, this achievement, you will try. You'll stop merely just talking about it, but you will do it. For example, say you want to be a writer. What do writers do every day? Find out. Start doing Here is where I'm going to play a clip of the oft-quoted James Clear, and he describes something he calls the two-minute rule.
1: As far as making habits easy, there are a variety of things you can do, but the simplest one is just to scale your habits down to something that is very easy to do. And I I like to recommend the two-minute rule, which basically says you take whatever habit you're trying to build and you scale it down to something that takes two minutes or less to do. So do yoga four days a week becomes take out my yoga mat, or read 30 books a year becomes read one page. And sometimes people resist that a little bit because they're like, okay, I know the real thing I want to do isn't take my yoga mat out, right? I know I actually want to do the workout, like I'm not just looking to build this habit of taking this mat out all the time. So if it's a mental trick, and I know it's a trick, like why would I fall for it? And if you feel that way, then my recommendation would be, well actually in the beginning, for the first few weeks, limit yourself to only two minutes. All you do is put your shoes on, running shoes on, and step out the door and lock the door, and then you walk back inside. Or all you do is take your yoga mat out. It sounds funny, but like for example, so I had a, I had a reader who, he ended up doing this. He lost uh, a lot of weight, lost over 100 pounds, and for the first six weeks, he only went to the gym for like five minutes and then he would leave. So he'd get in the car, drive to the gym, get out, do half an exercise, get back in the car, drive home. And it sounds ridiculous, right? It sounds like You're like, okay, clearly this is not going to be the thing that gets this guy in shape. But when you step back for a second, you realize he was becoming the type of person that went to the gym four days a week. He was mastering the art of showing up. And I think that this is like a really deep truth about habits that gets overlooked a lot, which is a habit must be established before it can be improved, right? It has to become the standard in your life, your new normal before you can worry about optimizing it or expanding it from there. If you don't become the type of person that goes to the gym for five minutes, you don't have a chance to be the person who stays for 45 minutes, five days a week. So I think so often we're, we're so focused on finding the perfect diet plan or the ideal workout program, we're so focused on optimizing that we don't give ourselves permission to show up in a small way. But even if it's only for you know five minutes or five pushups or one uh, sentence that you write, do something so that you can master the art of showing up and make it your new normal. And then once you become that person, well, then you have a lot of options for expanding and improving from there.
0: Two minutes. That's right. Two minutes a day is all it takes to get started. Can you spare two minutes away from your phone? Can you spare two minutes away from Netflix? Can you spare two minutes away from your playlist and sit down and do the one thing that will alter your trajectory? In a minute way. And tomorrow, when you come back and you do it again, you are training your brain. You are reshaping your brain. As I am reaching goals in different areas of my life, this small method has helped me. I am lucky enough to have a life where my time is largely mine. And I know for many out there, it's not the same. Some of you are mothers, some are fathers, or some must be both. And you gladly give your time to your family. Some of you are are cooking dinner right now. Some of you are taking care of someone else or working to take care of someone else. And I know more often than not, the routine that is life, the routine that is the things you must do, leaves you in bed staring at a screen. Grabbing at some form of entertainment because it feels like you are giving yourself something. After giving of yourself the whole day to others, other people, other decisions. You see, gone are the days when we had books on our bookshelves for entertainment. Gone are the days when, when the meaning of being well read was indicative of how deeply you knew a book. Not merely, how many books you have read. So... If you have a habit of staring at the screen to reclaim some sense of control over your life at bedtime and you want to do something about it, remember what Seneca said. The body should be treated more rigorously so that it may not be disobedient to the mind. We have created habits. We reaffirm them every time we're in bed and we reach for a screen. The body is not treated with rigor so the mind has lost control it has become automatic take the wheel take control change direction change the routine use two minutes to work on your business idea or or two minutes to learn a language two minutes to embody whatever it is a writer does write by hand for two minutes before you touch your phone even if it is one sentence i am fully aware that at day's end we are too exhausted to be vigilant when the sun has resigned tonight and the night takes up its shift without complaint we are more prone to the habits that keep us from our potential so why not try it in the morning work on your business idea for two minutes in the morning work on your language learning for two minutes in the morning before you start your day you see actually According to scientific studies, um, research information that I've been uh, privy to through podcasts and readings, the moment you wake up is when your brain is best primed for learning. It is at its most malleable, and this declines as the day brings with it countless decisions. You and I both know you do have two minutes to spare. The trick with the two minutes is that they're like compound interest. Once the habit has formed, you'll find yourself with more with a more vigilant sense of will, of control. Go into your effort with a deep preface of understanding that whatever habits you have accumulated, those come from years of daily enforcement and reinforcement. Ridding of them in one swoop is not sustainable, and frankly, it is impossible. You must chip away at them from different angles, minute by minute, until they are reshaped and polished into the image you have for yourself. You see, you are your habits. Mental health is as much a 2-minute practice as it is a 50-minute therapy session. Make space for yourself. Craft a little clarity with 10 present breaths that translate to a level of rigor on the body so that the mind is more in control. Those two minutes of breathing is a training exercise in focus. You can feel the body with its constant demands screaming at you, and you can say, Yes, body, you want food. Yes, body, you need this. Yes, body, you need to scratch this itch all of a sudden. But if you manage for two minutes to say to your body, Later, I will feed you. Later, I will let you go to the washroom. Later, I'll let you slouch But right now, for these two minutes, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And eventually, when you feel anxiety in your body, you can say to it, wait, this is my two minutes, you make an appointment and come back. You might find that anxiety doesn't like to wait. If you don't give him attention right now, he'll go away. I hope that you are able to understand and to put into practice this one thing, two minutes of control over your body and mind every day. This practice of stoic control over your body may translate into making choices that support the upkeep of your mental health. Because I think that we have come to see mental health as this thing we either have or don't and don't understand that it is, it is a house, a gigantic house that needs upkeep, Choices like the basics of food quality, if you are privileged enough to have that choice, and sleep quality. They are both excellent foundations for brain health, which in turn is also a strong contributor to mental health. If you think about the compounding effects of creating habits using this two minute rule, you'll see that I could talk about how this can permeate into every facet of your life with countless possibilities. So, listeners, like Seneca said, hold fast to this sound and wholesome truth of life, that you indulge the body only as far as is needed for good health. The body should be treated more rigorously that it may not be disobedient to the mind. (sighs) Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to that If you like this episode, if you learned something from it, please share it with a friend. Um, Your support is dearly, dearly appreciated. Next week, I shall be returning with another guest, a returning guest, my first returning guest. So thank you for listening and please, please take care of yourself. Do one thing, do two minutes of either just sitting in your room, sitting on the floor, breathing, meditating, or simply two minutes of not touching your phone. Two minutes is not a lot to ask for, but it does a lot for you. Okay, enjoy your day, your evening, whatever you're doing. And remember, please be kind to yourself. Bye-bye.